Uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So thank you for being here tonight. I know you all have busy schedules, but uh, the Lord will always honor you and, and your desires when you give him your time. Uh, before we begin, I just wanted to remind you that anytime you enter into prayer, it's always important to ask for a grace. A great, another for grace in the catechism is, is help. So let's just pause for a moment and just ask the Lord for a grace that you need or you would like, to, like God to give you in your life right now. And as we enter into our series on discernment, again, what, is, what does discernment mean? So from, as Sarah told us last week, discernment can be defined as the ability to see, to recognize, understand, or decide something. Or I put in there in Latin, it also means to cut off. You're cutting off decisions. But also, what is our disposition? Like how are we supposed to receive this? It says a person's usual way of being, behaving, or feeling. So we're going to look at freedom tonight. And what is freedom? And whenever we want to know the answer is something, our first thought should be to go to the catechism. So the catechism in, in chapter or paragraph 1731 says, Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. It's really also important to like even focus on that, um, to act or not act, but also is it your responsibility? Sometimes we... We, we choose things that won't make us free or not. Um, it's even our, our, our responsibility. Also in the word, responsibility is the word response. And then in paragraph 1735, we, it says, imputability and responsibility for an action can be diminished or even nullified by ignorance, inadvertence, duress, fear, habit, inordinate attachments, and other psychological or social factors. And then the last paragraph is 1742 that I'd like to look at tonight is freedom and grace. The grace of Christ is not in the slightest way a rival of our freedom when this freedom accords with the sense of the true and the good that God has put into the human heart. On the contrary, as Christian experience attests, especially in prayer, the more docile we are to the promptings of grace, the more we grow in inner freedom and confidence during trials such as those we face in the pressures and constraints of the outer world. So what we're going to do tonight is um, do a guided meditation. This is a little bit different than what Sarah did, um, but this is a guided meditation. If you want to follow along, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, but as, just, as we begin, it just, I'm, I'm speaking in the first person, but you can act, act as, as that is you. So as I begin, I pause to become aware of the Lord present to me, looking at me with love, desirous of speaking to my heart. So let's begin by pausing and doing that, knowing that he is here. And let's become aware of his presence to you. And he looks at you with great love. And he desires to speak something to you tonight. So we'll pause to first consider him and acknowledge him and how he looks at us with love.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. From some chapters four, chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim in claim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. To first begin by considering the life of Jesus, the events of his hidden and public life, I seek to know God's specific call to me now how and where he is calling me to freedom in him. Before I begin, I ponder the way Jesus lives. What does Jesus put first? Which way does he follow? Which way does he set, or does he avoid? I ask him to speak to me in a way that I can understand either through words, images, creation, nature, song, silence, or people. I pause to ponder first at how God speaks to me. If you like to imagine this scene, you can do that as I read. I imagine Jesus in the synagogue. I imagine the buzz about what he is doing, the miracles, the friendship, the healings, the puzzled scribes and Pharisees wondering if this could be the Messiah, the Savior, the one who sets captives free. Could Jesus be the one to set me free? I imagine the gospel I just heard, Jesus journeying from Galilee. I imagine the color of the blue water, the sound of the trees swaying, the fishermen in their boats, and Jesus coming in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pause to consider this infinite power. News spread with excitement about Jesus. The power he came with to set people free and enter into his kingdom. I imagine Jesus in Nazareth on the day of rest in the synagogue the incense, 
the candles, the people, the sounds, the quiet. I imagine Jesus unrolling the scroll, finding the verse of Isaiah. And I anticipate him reading to me and everyone around me. I intently focus on the Lord Jesus who is here with me now as I pray. And I hear him speak to me of the deep meaning of his life, why he came to earth. I hear him say, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I pause with everyone in the synagogue and watch Jesus roll up the scroll. God anointed his only, son, only begotten son to proclaim good news to me. Jesus came to proclaim freedom to me. Where am I not free? Where am I enslaved? I pause to reveal my heart to Jesus as he reveals his heart to me. As I reveal my heart to Jesus and his heart to me, Jesus spoke of prisoners. I consider the darkness of prison, the loneliness, the hopelessness, the cold, the shame, the guilt, the fears, and the voices of the past. I imagine Jesus coming into my darkness I imagine his light, his presence, and he meets me there and gazes upon me with love. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus comes to help me again and believe again, to see again. Where am I blind, Jesus? I pause to ask Jesus to help me see. Jesus came to set the oppressed free. I call to mind the ways I experience affliction, harassment, abuse, 
And because the Lord loves me, he listens to me patiently. From my heart, I speak to the Lord about my chains and my bonds. He, invite me, he invites me to open my heart, to set me free, to break my chains and loosen my bonds. He asks, can I break your chains? Can I loosen your bonds? Can I set you free? That same Jesus is here in the Holy Eucharist. He is here. As we close this reflection, just to notice like what's, what's standing out to you right now. What's lifting to the surface of your heart? Was there a word or a phrase that's echoing? Just to pause and listen. In the time of prayer, were there any areas where you found yourself struggling with or resisting Jesus? Or were there any invitations to simply just rest, to receive more, or to revisit? Jesus came to forgive us. It is through forgiveness our chains are broken, our bonds are broken. And he sets us free. For the next 30 minutes, I'll be hearing confessions if you desire to celebrate the sacrament of confession or to simply read back over this and rest with him. For as St. Paul says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it's an action to let him set you free. So you can start to do what you're created to do. And to accept the responsibility that he's given you, which is to love him with all your mind, body, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. As we heard in the Catechism, the grace of Christ is not in the slightest way a rival of our freedom when this freedom accords with the sense of the true and the good that God has put in the human heart. It means that at the core of your heart, the core of your being, the Catholic Church believes that you are good. There's no place that he will not go and tell you that he loves you. So we thank you, Jesus, for being here with us in the Holy Eucharist, a gift we take granted for so often. Please speak to us in a way that we can understand. And please set us free so we can discern your will and walk with you more freely each day. Amen.